Hi, and welcome to this episode of I've Got This Kid. I'm your host, Sharina Williams, licensed speech and language pathologist, homeschooling mom of two, wife of one, here to share everything speech, language, play, development, homeschooling, and all that other stuff that falls in between. World changers, boy, did I miss you guys last week. Oh my gosh, my deepest apologies for not getting things out. I gotta be transparent with you guys. I had to travel to go see about my grandma and go see about my aunt in a whole nother state. And it was just, I had to focus on family and I can't promote world changing if I'm not trying to fix my own world and and be present for those around me who need me. But guess what y'all, I got your back. I totally have your back because I said the month of October is the month where I'm gonna be answering questions. So guess what? You're gonna get not just one episode, but two episodes released, which will make up for last week and then get into this week. So, hey, look, again, I got your back. I'm here doing the thing, making sure that we are being purposeful and intentional and learning how to connect, grow, and learn with our sugars. And sometimes that means that we got to get into some stuff. And that means you guys got to ask me some questions. And I'll give you the rundown from my vantage point, from a speech and language standpoint, and also a little bit of a mommy perspective as well. So here we go. Let's get into it. This is what's going on. Dear Sharina, my two-year-old has not started speaking yet. When I talk to her, she ignores me and runs away. When she is alone, I hear her making sounds and noises. Sometimes she hits and becomes agitated when I interrupt her sounds. When I read to her, she either takes over the book or goes away. I'm starting to worry and wonder when a good time is to get her tested to see if this is normal. I heard about your show and I thought this would be a great start here. You know, thank you for one, for just trusting me to be a part of this process with you and for whomever referred you, thank you for sharing the show. You guys know that I love doing this. I love being in this space and I love tooling you guys up because again, the more we know, the more that we can do. So we're just gonna start off with language style milestones. Language milestones are what we expect a child to do based on their given age. So for a two-year-old, I expect at early two, that's 24 months for a sugar to have at the lowest, 50 words and to be getting and acquiring five to seven new words every single week. I also expect that two-year-old to speak in phrases and phrases are simply like two to three words. Sentences is when we get into four plus words, but I expect at least two to three words and that's just baseline. By the time they're getting closer to three years old, three is 36 months. I expect them to have well over 400 words. They're speaking in sentences. I expect my 36 month old to be conversing back and forth with the adult. And I also expect my 24 month old to be taking turns, taking conversational turns. That's I talk, you talk, I talk, you talk. And so I expect that transaction to be taking place for my 24 month old. So like, for example, they might say mommy work or look airplane and how would we respond? Oh yeah, daddy did go to work or that is a pretty airplane in the sky. It's going so fast and it's so high. So this is the stuff that I expect to see from that group. I'm wondering in this case, if pre-language milestones are met, that means the eye contact responding to her name, babbling, cooing, 
sound play. And that stuff we expect to really start taking shape from birth. And we expect the eye contact to be taking place soon as a sugar is alert and it varies, but it's pretty, they're pretty young when they're giving you that eye contact and looking at you and you're looking at them and you guys are going back and forth and having that reciprocity going on. So that's what I expect from the little, little ones. And so here's the deal, world changer. I expect pre-language to be established before language is established. And so if pre-language hasn't been established, if your sugar is not you know, doing eye contact, if she's not cooing, if she's not babbling, if she's not making sounds, then I do not expect there to be a lot of talking because those things that I've mentioned are all social things. They're pragmatic things, right? So think about the baby. When you're holding that baby and you're looking at them and you're doing the, oh, you're so cute. I love you so much. And they're, they're talking back to you. Can't understand it, but they're talking back to you and they're saying some stuff. They're at least trying to say some stuff, right? And so if that hasn't been established, then it makes perfect sense that she's not necessarily using words to engage with you by the age of two. I'm also wondering if sounds started and stopped, right? And that means that maybe little sugar started making sounds and after sugar started making sounds, at some point, the sounds turned to babble. That's my coo sounds. And then it turns to the babble. You know, it sounds something like that. Don't judge me. That's my babble, right? And so I expect that to happen in that babble to start varying and then turning into a single word. And once that happens, then again, the words build up from there. But if sugar at some point was doing the ma 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 pa 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 ba 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 and doing all that jazz and then stopped, then I'm wondering if either sugar has had her hearing checked to make sure that she can hear the sounds that are going on. Cause usually around six months is when our sugars who are hard of hearing the babbling changes and we start hearing more of the deaf speech. I'm also wondering if sugar had a word and lost that word. Now, research says that, you know, 75% of kiddos who do lose sounds and language get it back, but we really don't want to lose that kind of time. But I am wondering about that. And, and I'm extremely skeptical about going with waiting and seeing if the sounds will return because then we're wasting time. We are missing out on early language milestones being mastered, and we're really missing time on that social communication. Somehow, some way, we've gotten into the habit of believing culturally that social communication, social language is somehow going to happen as soon as sugar hits school, like they need to go to school to learn social skills. And that's not true. They are learning social skills from the time that they are born, coming out of the belly. They are observing everything that's going on, which is nothing but a big old social party. And so I say all that to say, we don't want to miss out on that time to make sure that they're getting those social skills. And then by the time they get to school, they're doing what? Expanding on those social skills, cooperating in a different way. The milestones and the expectations are different, but make no mistake, world changer, those social skills are there by the time that they get to school. And so 
This brings me to the next thing, and I've already started talking about social communication because again, it starts before school, it starts with mom and dad, it starts with a communication partner. And in California, I don't know about other countries, about other states, we have these commercials. And these commercials are specifically geared to encourage parents not to stare at screens or their phones or their tablets, but to look at their baby and talk to their baby. Because what happens as a result of us not giving our sugars that FaceTime and giving Facebook and Snapchat and TikTok and Instagram and all of those other things, even snail mail, when we're giving our attention to the screen versus our little sugar, then that's time that they're missing out on learning new language, on learning social cues, on learning how to be a part of a community. And the most important part of that, the word gap. There is a word gap that happens for kiddos who just aren't talked to as much as kiddos who are spoken to and read to. And so they have these commercials encouraging parents to get out of the tablets, get out of the phones and get in your kid's face and talk to them. Talk to your sugar, be a part of their world, right? And so if sugar is a little bit more predisposed to be a little bit mm, socially conscious or socially squeamish and doesn't necessarily like that interaction, by us not giving them that engagement, we're reinforcing that it's okay not to practice these skills. And sugar needs these skills because it also helps with their attending and their focusing and their responding. And so if sugar is ignoring you, but you're insisting on a response and sugar is becoming upset or they're ignoring or becoming agitated, these are all things that seem to be playing into what's going on. And this is where we kind of have to like weed out why is sugar ignoring you? Because again, at two years old, we expect for our sugar to really be interested in you. Not only are they really interested in you, but they're also asserting themselves apart from you. So that's why you get a lot of the no and the no thank yous and like a lot of the, you know, we call it defiance or the terrible twos. And they're not terrible. They're just separating themselves from you. And so they're going to disagree with everything you say at that point because they want you to know and they're trying to establish their own personal self. And so that's another thing. I wonder if Sugar's early social skills were established. Was Sugar passive as a baby? Did Sugar kind of seem a little bit too easy off in her own world, not necessarily paying attention? She was super quiet. So this stuff all plays into why Sugar may be ignoring you. Another possibility, and this is my final possibility under social communication, is I wonder if Sugar is possibly sensory overwhelmed. Are there too many things occurring at once? When I talk about sensory, I'm talking about our senses, the way that we see things using our eyes, the way that we smell things using our nose, the way that we taste things using our mouth, the way that we touch things with our fingers and the way that we taste things with our hands and hear things that all falls under sensory. And so I wonder if one of those areas are heightened, usually either sight and sound, if it's too much for sugar to process. Because as the brain is transmitting the external information from outside, and external information is a fancy way of saying what they see, what they smell, what they taste, what they touch, what they hear, right? If it is too much for sugar, then chances are sugar can possibly be trying to elope or escape to get out of that overwhelming situation. And it's easier just to kind of do her own thing. And 
if you kind of notice, pay attention and see if sugar is sensitive to other loud sounds like vacuums, airplanes, motorcycles. Motorcycles are infamous for being way too loud, way too often for no reason. And they also have like the loudest radios because the person who's riding the bike wants to hear their music and they want everybody else to hear their music somehow, some way. That was my little, you know, my little take me off subject. That was my little jam today. But that could definitely be a thing as well. And also finally, finally, is sugar easily distracted? Or is sugar so immersed in an activity that it's difficult to transition from what sugar is doing to looking at you and paying attention to what you want? And that's like the dividing attention, right? And so if sugar is already avoiding this, then it's time for us to look at ways to re-engage her to where she will become interested and buy into us wanting to be a part of her world. Number three, play skills. You hit on the play skills. When you're trying to play with her, she's either taking the toys or crying, even the toys that she's not playing with. I call those toy hoarders. Toy hoarding is, I mean, it's literally taking the toy and wanting it for yourself and not wanting to share. Play is one of those areas that require social skills. Why does it require social skills? Because it is two people involved, sometimes doing the same thing at the same time, or sometimes doing the same thing side by side, or sometimes doing different things side by side, or sometimes doing the same thing together and focusing on an end goal together. That takes those early skills learned in infancy. Join attention. I look at you, you look at me, we're doing the same thing. So you think about the little mobile and you were carrying, you had the little mobile in your hand and you were shaking it around and it was exciting and all of that jazz. That would be when a joint attention established because baby's looking at what you're looking at. You're looking at what baby's looking at and you guys are both focused on that same thing and you guys are sharing enjoyment out of that. Giving baby the ball, rolling the ball to baby, baby rolls it back to you. Or babies love this. I don't know why they get a kick out of if they have a bottle and you take that bottle and you pretend like you're drinking that bottle and you give it back to them. I don't know. It's like the everything for them. You want to talk about countless hours of entertainment? Play with the bottle with the baby. That's that turn taking. Play with the bottle. Pretend like you're drinking it. Give it back to them. Make crazy sounds while you're doing it. And that would be the turn taking, but also join attention being built in there because you guys are focusing on the same thing at the same time. And it's exciting doing that stuff. It's funny because their reaction, it just tickles me. And so this leads me to the question for you, world changer, was Sugar playing alone as an infant? How much time did Sugar have alone? If Sugar was in a daycare or a preschool or a childcare setting, what kind of environment were they in? Are they with family? Is it normal for baby to kind of play by herself? in your family or is it more normal for you guys to be really engaged with her and doing stuff with her? What's the staff like at school? Are they engaging her or are they good with her just kind of being quiet? Like this stuff matters because this is the building blocks of what she's using now. And then also what kind of play was being introduced? Is it cause and effect play? Are we doing joint attention? Is there a lot of talking going on? Are we listening? What's happening during this play? Or did Sugar just, again, appear so easy as an infant that you guys just kind of left her alone and she was she was happy and content doing her own thing? And did Sugar begin to hoard toys suddenly? Or was this an ongoing thing? 
And so this goes back to the infancy stage. Was Sugar always reluctant about sharing the toy? Like you can see when a baby's face is about to crumble, right? Their whole little world and their whole little demeanor just falls apart. It is the saddest thing watching a baby crumble. But finding out whether they were hoarding toys suddenly or kind of just thinking back like, well, you know, you've always kind of been like this. That'll give you more information. But this is what I want you to try to do. I want you to inject yourself into play. And I want you to do it more frequently. So Sugar can use you as a play partner. And so if Sugar becomes more used to you coming around, if Sugar gets more used to you getting in her space, then, you know, if she is used to you being there, then she will grow used to you touching things around. And if Sugar turns you away, it's okay. Just make sure you're always sitting at either a face-to-face direction or at a 90-degree direction to where you can always look in Sugar's face. That's always my goal around play is that I can look in Sugar's face. I can look into their eyes. I can look and see their reaction. I can like build upon that or I can know when it's time to kind of lean back and get out of the way. And it gives you that gauge. So don't let Sugar turn away from you. And even if she does, don't say anything to her. Just move yourself, inject yourself in another degree or another angle to where you're still able all of the time to look at Sugar's face. Another thing, we are infamous because we want our sugars to succeed. We want our baby to succeed. I want her to succeed. And sometimes succeeding in our mind means taking over. But taking over is the funniest thing because when we take over, we take away the opportunity for sugar to practice what they're not good at, right? And so if we try to take over and assert ourselves and do it for sugar, then sugar is not necessarily learning how to do things. And it's also putting sugar in a place to where you're turning sugar off because you're coming in. She already don't want you there, maybe. And then if you are trying to take over the play or try to convince her that play is way cooler the way that you're doing it, then it seriously becomes a problem for Sugar and she's gonna reject you as a play partner. And so it's really important then to just focus on one thing at a time. So if the blocks are out, you have your blocks, Sugar has her blocks, you build your thing, she builds her thing. And If she tries to interject into that type of play, then you can say to her, are we doing together or are we doing separate? Because you can't take over my toys and I don't want to take over your toys. And that's then giving her the assurance that you're not trying to take over. You're just trying to be a part of this thing with her. And it, it underwhelms the play situation to where maybe she'll thaw out a little bit and become a little bit less agitated. Going back into if Sugar does try to take over during play, You can offer up the words trade, like you give me one of yours and I'll give you one of mine. And depending, Sugar might go for that. Sugar may not go for that, but she'll let you know. Or you could do a my turn, your turn, my turn, your turn. And as you guys do that my turn, your turn rhythm, then Sugar may become more accustomed to allowing you to be a part of the play space because you're not taking over it. You're making it more interactive and more engaging. And it just makes it a lot more enjoyable. And then you can start really building on those other areas that you're concerned about as far as building in language. Because then you could say, here's the block or 
block, here's block. Really simple, really basic because we want Sugar to start increasing those verbal imitations so she can start using those words as well. And so it seems to me that Sugar just has not established reciprocity during play and that just means the turn taking. And it might be that Sugar may be overwhelmed with you as a play partner or Sugar has an established flexibility during play and that's just turn taking. And Sugar is toy and book hoarding because book hoarding falls under play and toys as well. Book hoarding is when Sugar just wants the book, wants to monopolize the book, doesn't want you to be a part of the book, may want you to sit down for the book, but doesn't want you to have anything to do with it. And it's highly controlled. And I'm going to cover receptive language, even though you didn't mention receptive language, I'm just going to give it a brief little mm -mm to give you something to think about, a little bit of a nudge to pay attention to this. Receptive language is simply understanding language. If mommy talks or daddy talks, do I understand them? If sister talks, do I understand them? If you call my name, am I responding? That's receptive language. If I tell you to do something, does sugar get up and do it? That is receptive language. It's following through with what somebody else asked you to do. And I'm gonna assume a few things about the receptive language piece that sugar can probably show you what she wants, but she won't give you the items that you ask for. And you know that she understands everything. And that goes back into, if you ask Sugar, bring me your, your baby wipes. And Sugar looks over at the baby wipes and looks at you and ignores you and pretends like you don't even exist. But you've said baby wipes a million times. You've seen Sugar go over to the baby wipes before when she feels like doing it or she does it way after you ask her. Or you ask her to put the baby wipes away and guess what? She just kind of looks at the baby wipes, looks at you and goes the other way. So I'm assuming that that's going on. Just assuming. Sugar is ignoring you when you're asking her to do stuff. I'm assuming that Sugar is probably becoming a little bit agitated when you are asking her to do stuff because if she's already agitated during play, then chances are she's probably a little bit agitated when you're asking her to carry over other things that you've asked her to do. And you probably are having to ask Sugar to complete a task again and again and again before she follows through with doing it. And my thing would be, if that is happening, get face-to-face -face with Sugar. Don't ask her anything with her back turned to you. Don't ask her to do more than one thing at a time. And please don't ask her to do anything unnecessarily. Like if she said a sound and you heard her say a sound and you got super excited because you heard her say a sound and then you ask her to say it again and again and again and again. Try not to do that because again, it's hard for Sugar to do these things. And so when she is doing it, yeah, we want to celebrate it, but we want to see it with more frequency. And the best way that that happens is naturally and by setting up the stage to where she is ready to perform. And so to answer your question, at the end of the day, when is a good time to get her evaluated? Well, that's now. Now is a good time to get her evaluated. Why is now a good time to get her evaluated? Well, for starters, again, I expect my two-year-olds, 24 months old, 24 month olds to have at least 50 words, at least, and using at least two to three word phrases. I expect my two-year-olds also receptively to be following uh, two-step directions, related and unrelated. And I expect them to be consistent with wanting you to play with them, consistent with conversational turn-taking, consistent with joint attention. I want all these things at that age to be consistent. And I want 
to see Sugar get this early joint attention established right now because this is going to carry over into those skills to where it's time to up the ante. By the time Sugar gets to school, it's time to up the ante, not be learning these foundational skills. Again, social skills, these early learning skills are established at home before Sugar even goes into school because it's one big observation incubator. And so I want Sugar, I want to see Sugar also excited about play with you. Like that is so important. Like two years old is the fun age. And I really want to see you guys establish those play skills because in those play skills, all of the other stuff, the receptive language, the expressive language, the book reading, all of that stuff, all of that jazz can happen during that time. And I want to see that for you guys. The the list just really goes on. Like we could talk about social skills. We could talk about problem solving. We could talk about thinking. We could talk about so many things that are related to early play. So I don't want you to hesitate. I want you to run, don't walk and find a local speech and language pathologist who can really evaluate. At this point, I'm saying it's not even consultation time. It's evaluation time. Get that evaluation done. Get Sugar some help. Make sure your speech and language pathologist is really not only helping Sugar, but helping you to carry out these goals at home and making it more of a collaboration and an interactive thing to where you're excited about speech therapy as much as your little Sugar is. Because usually most Sugars love their speech therapists because we're just fun people like that. We're just fun. I, I, I don't know what to say. Like, we, we got a bag of tricks. We're fun. We have toys. Like what's not to love? Bubbles. And we find all kinds of ways to make life a little bit more interesting for this world. So world changer, please don't hesitate on that. Thank you for sending in that question. You can go to asha.org and find a speech and language pathologist there. You can visit your pediatrician. Your pediatrician is helpful. They can give you a referral to speech therapists that they've actually worked with because pediatricians, they're usually a box of tools as well. And they usually know some people in the area. So I will ask my pediatrician as well um, to help me find a speech and language pathologist who specializes in early language, because that's key. Like you really want someone who understands early language development and understands how to really get that ball rolling to minimize those gaps, y'all, okay? Don't hesitate on that. You can always reach out to me at I'veGotThisKid.com to check things out, all right? World changers. Guess what? In all of the chaos, in all of the fun, in all of the joy, in all of the excitement, the day is here. You can now not join the interest list. You can get your pre-copy of my book, Watch Me, Connecting to Your Child Through Play. This book is everything that you need to connect during play, monitor early milestones, provide step-by-step -step tips like, what do I do when Susie won't sit down for story time? Or what do I do when Kyle won't play with me? I talked about that today, but I do go in more detail talking about that. And you know what, World Changers? This book is such a quick read. It's literally meant for you to be able to go to the table of contents, find that area, go to that area and have hands-on tips to carry out right then with practical steps that'll carry you through. It's not my goal to just talk to you about theory and stuff. I want you to be proactive immediately because remember that birth to three time, it goes by quick and we wanna have foundation in place. So I don't need you reading three hours of a book. I need you to have a quick read, sit down, get through it, go about your day and have that time with sugar. I want you to spend more time practicing with sugar, more time sitting down reading with sugar, more time doing what it takes to push to purpose. That stuff is important, y'all. And so I want you guys to grab the book. 
I'm going to answer those questions and so much more. So as soon as you're done here, click on the link below and join the movement of intentional parenting. Also, if this podcast has been amazing to you, please don't keep it to yourself. Share with a friend. Let's get others out there tooled up. There's no reason for us to keep good information to ourselves. And if you know someone who's going through this, this might not be the episode that relates to you, but you may know somebody else and you're like, I don't know how to say it, but I don't want to be the one to say it because I don't want you to think that I think something's wrong with your child because that can even be a sticky situation. Let me do the talking for you. Let me be the one to do the talking for you and take you out of the equation, but you just be that referral source to be like, hey, I noticed and my girl Sharina's over there talking about this stuff. You probably want to tune in. That's the best way that we can push to purpose and make sure that the people around us, the ones that we love, are getting the knowledge, the skills, and the tools that they need. I love answering these questions. I love keeping us tooled up. Keep sending in these questions. Keep sending in your information. Join me next time where I will continue answering your questions because remember, October is the month of you got questions, I got answers. So although this month topics are already scheduled, still send in your questions because that's what I'm here for. You never know when I'm going to come out the gates answering your questions. They can be sent to questions at I've got this kid.com. I would totally love to hear from you. World changers, until the next time, take care.